Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be examining some Marian apparitions. That's right. We're going to look at the history of Marian apparitions, break down their meaning, give you all the places that Our Lady has appeared, and so much more. Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. Ave, Ave, Ave Maria. Good to be back in the studio with you guys. Really awesome topic. I know um, Mary's appeared a, a lot in history, and the context of each one is very different. So it'll be a, a really cool episode to go through. True. But a big shout-out goes to Our Lady of Guadalupe yeah. because she's the reason we are here. That's right. Through her intercession, that's how Fuzati yeah. was uh, really developing the productions as we consecrated all of these efforts uh, that we're doing through her intercession and uh, where this all got started. What a great trip that was. That was an incredible mm -hmm. trip. Mm -hmm. Wheelchair and all, Ryan Delacroix. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Our Lady is really integral to the Catholic faith, and her intercession is something that we all uh, fly to, and under her patronage we seek. But Our Lady has appeared in so many places, mm. so many times, with so many messages. And it reminds me of the uh -huh. persistence of, you know, my own mother or our own mothers, yeah. right? You know, That's she is constantly trying to keep us That's on the straight and narrow yeah. mm -hmm. towards her son. And we're going to look at... And like literally all generations will call me blessed uh -huh. when you think about how many times she has appeared. It's true. That's all generations, all nations. That's right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a lot of different Marian apparitions. Now... We're not going to go into a lot of great detail on each particular apparition because each one of these could have multiple episodes to explain them. Now, we've done yeah. episodes on Our Lady of Guadalupe in the past, and we'll do episodes on particular apparitions in the future like Lourdes and Fatima, Nock and Akita. Um, but this is not that episode. What we're talking about today is what is a Marian apparition? Mm -hmm. Why does it happen? How does the church approve them? And then give you a list of a lot of different apparitions that you can go learn a little bit more about and start to develop personal devotions yourself. Mm -hmm. And a very important distinction to be made in the process of this is the distinction between private and public revelation and apparitions really relating exclusively to private revelation because it was an encounter with a particular person or people uh, with Our Lady. And, and it's more related to private revelation and what that means to the mystical body of Christ, the church. Mm -hmm. Now, you said something important there. Marian apparitions, one of the qualifiers is that they don't add anything to the deposit of the faith. The deposit of the faith and the things that Catholics are held and bound to believe are firmly established. And one of the criteria or the disqualifiers of a Marian apparition is whether or not it tries to add something that Catholics must believe, because that is not what Mary does. Mary does not set those things, nor would any valid apparition try to do that. So there are actual norms that the church put out in, in 79, uh, specifically entitled norms regarding the manner of proceeding in the discernment of presumed apparitions or revelations. It's a short Boy, read. Those boys at the Vatican sure know, they how, know, to know how to, they know how to title it. But, you know, I think it's important to, to realize from the doctrine of the faith, you know, the church is, is concerned about 
you know, alleged apparitions and and different things that mass media can basically pick up Mm -hmm. and popularize. And immediately people are kind of flocking around a a private revelation and they're putting into practice whatever. Like Mary on a grilled cheese sandwich. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And and remember Mary on the in the window. Uh, Like in uh, I forget what area in Florida that was. But I mean, it was just like or or Mary in the bathroom at Patty's Pub. (laughs) (laughs) She shouldn't have been there. That's right. (laughs) Well, you know, Charlie should have just done his job cleaning and it wouldn't have been there. <laughs> but, but, you know, th- these these things can produce popular cultic type of oh, uh, yeah. response. Oh, yeah. And it's important to realize that, you know, the doctrine of the faith and Holy Mother Church, the magisterium, wants to keep us in relationship to scripture and tradition. And then if there is an apparition, the church is going to investigate it and really draw from it for popular piety. And, and it's, it's your choice if you want to uh, really devote yourself to a particular private revelation or not. Like for me, I'm a big Divine Mercy fan. Uh, everybody knows that about me. I, a lot of my uh, talks are colored in with St. Faustina's teachings. I, I really hope that she will become a doctor in the church one day. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, and uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So here are some of those... Mm-hmm. I guess, criteria that the church uses to determine or give a judgment on a particular claim of an apparition. So positive criteria would be moral certitude, okay? And that... And this is after, like, serious investigation... That they around that the facts of the case, exactly. The the I guess the character of the people. My guess is they don't do this quickly. No, no, this no. could take hundreds of years. Yeah, and yeah. and you know there needs to be psychological evaluation. It's it's, it's the same thing with uh, demonic possession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they they need to go through all of these various steps in particular, which with each case. Yeah, even with healings, you know, um, you know, miracles and healings that that goes through a very arduous process yeah. too mm-hmm. as well. So the the characteristics they use are. Well, the person who's seeing this vision, uh, do they have psychological equilibrium? Are they an honest and live a moral life? Mm-hmm. Are, are they sincere and and like do they have um, a docility uh, and an openness to, and reverence to, to the, ecclesiastical authority? That's right. right. You know, are they saying, "Well, I said it, and I don't care what the church says." That's yeah, that's a that's big thing. Uh, another thing, the second point is that does it contain true theology? And spiritual doctrine, is it immune from error or does it contradict another church teaching? Because mm-hmm. that would be immediately disqualified. And, and the the life of this devotion, is it healthy for its followers? So that's right. You know, that that's a huge. And what are the spiritual fruits that come out of this private revelation? Mm-hmm. Is it separating people from the church? Is it creating a, a like a little cult, Sac- mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So the things that they would look at then, those are the positive things. If they have this, this is something that we can look more into. Now, here are Mm -hmm. the things that will negate or kind of rule out an apparition. Uh, Does it have errors in the facts, right? Are the people who are saying this, can they keep their story straight? You know, is it... You know, just like a regular police investigation, you know, Practical, do the facts line investigor, up. investigative. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does it contain any errors attributed to God, to the Blessed Virgin, to some saint? Um, are they trying to add anything that is against church teaching? Um, is there any evidence that the people claiming to have seen Mary, are they trying to make any money off of it? Mm-hmm. You know, are they trying properties, money, properties? Are they trying to run pilgrimages? Mm -hmm. Are they trying to make money off of it? Mm -hmm. Um, Gravely immoral acts committed by the visionary or his or her followers when the fact occurred or in connection with it. Right. So 
are they doing something that's really, you know, are they getting side chicks because they're famous now, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then also, and importantly, psychological disorder or psychopathic tendencies in the visionary, uh, either psychosis, collective hysteria, or a scientific explanation that might say, hey, look, this thing that you thought you saw, you know, Mariana, grilled cheese, you know, it's just a natural fact. So those are the things that they use to kind of determine or at least start to that process of if a Marian apparition is true Very practical. Or not. I'm so glad that we're starting with this before yeah. we really dive into these, uh, you know, some of the most popular app- apparitions in church history and, you know, what is an apparition before we even get into that to realize that the church has policies and procedures and guidelines and specific criteria that they have to approve through positive accounts and then rule out negative accounts mm-hmm. before it even comes into any form of communication or recognition uh, from the church. Yeah. And, and this document goes on to say that they want these things to happen quickly after mm-hmm. the supernatural event. They don't want time to get between the event and the and the investigation because things can get fuzzy. Things can get compounded. Things right. can be uh, retroactively, you know, covered up and alibis established, stuff like that. And there's a humorous quip that I've heard from like bishops in the past is, you know, like that a bishop never wants the Pope to visit. Or the Blessed Virgin Mary, because, <laughs> because it's just the a paperwork. lot. Yeah, no, it's no. a lot of paperwork and a lot of work to do. That's but, so funny. But but you know, like the mass the mass media the mass media approach of of this is exactly why the Vatican and why the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith wants bishops to move on this very quickly. Because <laughs> as you could imagine, the cult around these types of things can grow overnight. And then next thing you know, you have people pilgrimaging from all over yeah. the world, descending on a particular yeah. property of, of the church or, or a, somebody's yeah. house or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking to that, that is, it is the bishop. He is the competent local authority mm-hmm. to begin this investigation. Mm-hmm. It yeah. first goes with him. Now, if the bishop doesn't want to do the paperwork, he can push it to the bishop's conference, and mm-hmm. they can then have the authority. And at any time, the Holy See can intervene and say, you know, this is my investigation now, you know, yeah. like the, the, the FBI the coming in, yeah, the feds coming yeah, the in. the feds like, coming in and just locking down the scene, man. <laughs> but how many, how many times, like in some of the films that are created around different things like Fatima and other uh, apparitions where you see the bishop is is against it, against it, mm-hmm. like one hundred percent from the beginning, and his heart is softened. Our Lady Guadalupe, Our Lady Juan Diego. Guadalupe, I mean, perfect. like, and and this might be their aversion from doing paperwork. I mean, you would never, I never thought of that. <laughs> oh no, you know, I don't know if it's uh, that's the I only thing. I don't want to do the paperwork, man. Yeah. <laughs> Our Lady, Our Lady of the East Side of Cleveland got suppressed because the bishop didn't feel like doing the paperwork, <laughs> and now no one knows about it. <laughs> it's a possibility. You know? Hey, man, it's it, it is. Uh, I would think though, if that happened. The graces uh, of the event would supersede. Would take that. over. Yeah. In every occurrence, it always does. It yeah. always does. And that should be like another positive criteria. <laughs> you know? That's so there funny, was a bishop that. against this initially, and then his heart was softened yeah. to it. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, again, <laughs> that's great. This is Marian apparitions are not something that adds to the faith, they're not something no. that we have to believe. There's mm-hmm. nothing revealed new. It's really a, a popular devotion. And they can be approved or, or disapproved by the Vatican to whether the faithful should go there. Um, and they often will render either positive, negative, or a neutral 
judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, they do add to the faith, but not the faith deposit of theology, but they do add to the faith in so far of the as people, they, the they, devotion, the, the, yeah. devotion to people and bringing people closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, look at Our Lady of Guadalupe as an example. It's just, yeah. Millions of converts yeah. immediately. Millions. 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 I love the dollars. fact that with the Protestant Reformation, 8 million Catholics yes. were lost in Europe, and then immediately Our Lady went back and brought 8 million faithful to the church in Mexico. It's yeah. just, it's one of my favorite, most uh, beautiful things. We have a things. great episode on that, too, yeah. if you guys want to check it out, Our Lady of Guadalupe. So do you know how many actually Vatican-approved Marian apparitions there are? So Vatican-approved would be less than alleged apparitions that have occurred. There are probably right. countless alleged apparitions, and there's different distinctions of devotion and public veneration when it comes to Vatican-approved. So it's probably a smaller class. Of course. Yeah. Of, because there's so many of them. And mm -hmm. like you, there's, so there's 26 that have been approved by the Vatican. And, and here's some that are like surprising, like Our Lady of Mount Carmel, one of mm -hmm. the most famous apparitions yeah. and one of the most fruitful. It's not Vatican-approved because it happened before— this approval process was there, mm. you know, so appearing to, our, you know, St. Simon, Simon Stock, Stock yeah. you know, it's wow. uh, prior to, you know, the, the norms set up. But shout out scapulars.com. I'm still wearing the scapular and it hasn't, hasn't broken. broken. No, good job. That's a free yeah. one. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Um, National Geographic did a really cool thing about five years ago. They did this map and they did this full study of all the apparitions of Mary that they could find. And there is just so many, from, and it's everywhere. It's Africa, it's Europe, it's Asia, oh, yeah. it's South America, it's Australia. the Middle East. It's China. China, yeah. Oh, buddy, that's a cool image you have up on the screen. Yeah, and I'll put, Kyle, let's put this image up there so that everyone can see it. But it shows, uh, and I'll link to this as well so you can see it. Wow. But it shows, okay, here are all the Marian apparitions, the ones that are recognized by the Vatican, and approved by the local bishop, ones that are only approved by the local bishop. And then they have ones that are where Mary appeared to a future saint, which I think is an important sign of the veracity of a Marian apparition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they have one where there's local traditions, local tradition. unconfirmed, that are still under, under investigation. But this map is really cool. The article they wrote along with it where they said wow. Mary is the most influential woman in the world. But there's over 2,000 sightings of the Virgin Mary claimed apparitions um, in the last 2,000 years. Basically, one a year mm -hmm. has been the schedule, yeah. if and, you look at it. And, I mean, this just shows the international capacity of our Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, you know, our, our mother who has her mantle over the whole world, man. I mean, that, how and beautiful is that? She's the hardest working saint in heaven. Yes, she yeah. is. Greatest evangelist in the history of the church, that's yeah. for sure. So this map, really cool. Check it out. Uh, we'll put the link there. Wow. You know, um, and that, that's not even considering how many people, you know, truly had an encounter with Our Lady in yeah. a dream or a vision or something like that. Yeah, the parish secretary at my parish mm -hmm. in um, D.C. in Silver Spring, Maryland, when we lived there, uh, is a Vietnamese refugee. Mm -hmm. And Mary appeared to their boat mm -hmm. when they were didn't know where they were mm -hmm. and comforted her. And, th and that was the that is the reason she is a Catholic. She said that was the moment where... Mm -hmm. You know, I knew I was going to be Catholic the rest of and my those, life. And those testimonies have, have touched my heart time yeah. and time again from yeah. men and women of great integrity and great mm -hmm. practice of faith, daily communicants who yeah. 
are so devout after an experience of revelation like that. So that's not even accounted Accounting for, for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or yeah. the grilled cheese sandwiches. Or the grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so the toast, Ryan. <laughs> the holy, holy, holy toast. I sit there and I eat the Lord's chips and the holy toast. <laughs> um, so let's get into a couple of the particular married mm-hmm. apparitions. Now, mm-hmm. we've done a full episode on Our Lady of Guadalupe, but I don't think it would be right if our show didn't mention her Amen. first. That's right. Our Lady of Guadalupe is our patroness. She is the greatest evangelist, evangelist of the Western Hemisphere, so important to the lives of Catholics of the North Americas, America. and she's our patron of all the Americas. Mm-hmm. So it's only right and fitting that we start with her. Um, and important to say that this is one of the endorsed devotions for that's international right. Right. recognition uh, by the Vatican. I love there was a painting of the Battle of Lepanto in 1571, and this is not long. This is 40 years after Mary appeared to St. Juan Diego. 1531 and then— 1571, yep. and this is when the Holy League is battling the Ottomans, and they have this big battle on Our Lady of the Rosary. It was instituted because of Our Lady of Victory when they won over the Ottomans. But you can see in the paintings at the time, these Spanish ships are flying the flag of Our Lady Guadalupe less than 40 years later. That's I mean, it's beautiful. Awesome. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. And the other thing, too, power. is that, that image was well, the only image that was painted by God. I know we argued about the Shroud of Turin, but that that conceivably is from a mm-hmm. human— uh, Or the angels, know. or, you know, there's no definitive statement. But, like, but that's an celestial. image that, you know, that's the most amazing thing about that image is it was it was literally painted by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know. And know, it's it's living. It's, it's like moving, living. you know, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a living image, yeah. sacred image yeah. that was, you know, like you said, written yeah. by God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, having went there was just an amazing experience. And that's life changing. Having, having climbed the hill to go to the mm-hmm. old shrine mm-hmm. where she mm-hmm. actually appeared, to me it was more... Powerful than, powerful than the main church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I went on the little ele- escalator that yeah, moves you, you back and forth past the Tilma. Yeah. I went on that like five, six, seven mm-hmm. times. And then we climbed the hill. And then being on that, that it's a kind oh, of yeah. steep hill. Yeah. And it's a little chapel. But that ground right there to me yeah, was probably more moving than anything in my trip yeah, there. Yeah, I, I would agree. The feeling there personally mm-hmm. it is so impactful. The experience for me pastorally by far on that conveyor belt and and praying over her children. And I just begged her, like, allow me to pray and allow me to serve and minister to your children. Mm -hmm. That by far was one of the most impactful experiences of my life. So for people who don't know, Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to a... An, an indigenous person in Mexico, Juan Diego, in 1531. Uh, he, Juan Diego was on the way to go to his sick uncle, um, and she appeared to him, and basically she wanted a great chapel built on this spot because she knew the devotion. Now, at first, the bishop, you know, not wanting Mary to appear in his diocese, said, go get me proof of it, right? And this is a short retelling. So he goes back. And it's in the middle of, you know, the winter. No roses are growing. And the bishop says, bring me back a sign. Juan Diego comes back with a, you know, his poncho, his tilma, uh, full of roses and drops them before the bishop as a sign. And he, Juan Diego's thinking, that's the sign. But then when his tilma falls down, he sees, the bishop sees this amazing image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on there. And then from that moment on, I mean, it's off to the races of, 
you know, evangelization from yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, we could, we have spent a whole show in describing mm-hmm. the Tilma, but I mean, there is still continual studies mm-hmm. on this miraculous image that continue to produce new insights and mm-hmm. in what God is communicating through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as the Empress of the Americas. So I highly recommend checking out our show and continuing the research. Mm-hmm. Now, another one that I have, probably my main particular Marian devotion is to Our Lady of Lourdes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the simplicity of it, appearing to a poor, undereducated, um, disadvantaged girl in a garbage dump, mm-hmm. right? The poorest family in the city, um, St. Bernadette Subiru, you know, their their family was poor. They were living in an abandoned jail cell, uh, or the abandoned jail, and they're going down to this garbage dump to find firewood. You know, and it just, and then Mary appears, you know, saying, you know, I am the Immaculate Conception and water comes from the ground. I mean, Mary appearing to a nobody child, a nobody poor child in a garbage dump, to me is so indicative of the truth of Catholicism. She's not appearing to, you know, the Secretary General of the UN or the King of France. It's to a Nobody at nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That moves me so much. It's true. Because I'm a who, nobody from nowhere. Yeah, that's know? Juan Diego. Juan that's, Diego. you know, it's true. And and you see that pretty consistently in many of these apparitions. That's beautiful. Um, and another thing about Lourdes that's so awesome, and, and I think we've talked about this in an episode uh, on miracles, but there's been so many miraculous healings there. They have an actual medical board of impartial doctors. Mm-hmm. So when people are going there and they're getting these healings from this holy water at Lourdes, um, they're examining them and there's been, well, I mean, dozens and dozens, over 60 medical cures there, verified by science. So to right. me, it has this beautiful blend of this just sweet, gentle, rapturous faith, mm-hmm. but then the logic of science with these scientists right there. And it's it's a perfect confluence of the things to me that are most beautiful about Catholicism. And the, chur- and the church hasn't approved all of them. The, the process for approval is um, is rigorous, again. And so I think there's only 36 or something like that medical miracles, but there's countless others. Mm-hmm. Again, private revelation, there's countless others that didn't meet the initial criteria to even be reviewed. So, you know, again, the church is, is very serious about, um, you know, making statements about, you know, the miracles. And when you consider the millions of people millions. that have gone on yeah. pilgrimage to Lourdes and how many people received favors through the intercession of Absolutely. the Blessed Virgin Mary, including me and my, my yep. first pilgrimage to Lourdes as well, yeah. you know, you leave there and you are you are moved and marked for yeah. the rest of your life. You're almost like you almost feel like you were called there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without like, a doubt. Like you almost feel like, oh, I went on this pilgrimage. You went there and you're like, oh, man, you, you were calling me here. Yes. You know, I, I think that's one of the most resonating uh, realities is when you can go on pilgrimages at times and um, it's like you go through the experiences, you visit these churches, it's powerful. But when you go to Marian apparitions, there's something distinctly different and you really do feel like our blessed mother has brought you there. Like I had that experience in Loretto in the Holy House, you know, and it was during a pilgrimage. But when I went there, I I didn't even know about Loretto. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, the overwhelming feeling, you know, I prayed seven rosaries to honor the seven sorrows of Mary. And while I was there in the church, in the Holy House, and I, I just felt convicted that Our Lady brought me there. 
and and she she taught me something in that in that home that I'll never forget. Yeah. So anyone listening to this, uh, while we're talking about these sites, you know, recommend which one we might make a pilgrimage once all this uh, COVID gets cleared up because that's one of the you know we we've talked about it. going to Lourdes, we've talked about maybe going to Fatima, uh, we've been maybe leading a pilgrimage to Mexico City. Uh, so, you know, make your comments on where you might want to go with us if we mm-hmm. can eventually get around to doing that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Lords to me, incredibly powerful. If you've ever seen the movie, The Song of Bernadette, you know, the, how the bishop's kind of disproving her. I mean, she, it's, it, it's great. Great, great story. Uh, absolutely. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Father Rich, I know you have a good devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. Yeah, there, there's a, there's two reasons why I really have a deep devotion to Our Lady of Fatima, and it's one apparition site that I haven't been to yet, and I really hope to to go sometime soon. Uh, but I know it's going to be at the beckoning of Our Blessed Mother at the time that I, I need it most. Mm-hmm. Um, but first and foremost, my grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was a place that he went to when he was in the Navy during the Korean War, and he prayed for my family. He was a young man. He was 20 years old. I wear his miraculous medal that he got from Fatima. Um, you know, so I cherish, I cherish that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, his devotion to my grandmother and his, his devotion to his faith is a good example of a man attending church and, and, uh, you know, his devotion to the blessed mother is a big deal. But then obviously JP two, who's had the greatest influence on my, on my life and my journey to the priesthood, you know, entrusting the bullet that, you know, entered his body, uh, that nearly took his life at the assassination attempt 40 years ago, you know, onto the crown, onto the crown of the blessed Virgin Mary and our lady of Fatima because of the day that that took place on her feast. So uh, the, the apparition, um, in Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady appeared to three poor shepherd kids. Now, Fatima's in Portugal, okay? Um, the, the children were uh, Lucia dos Santos and then her two cousins, uh, Francisco and Jacinto Marta, who are now saints. Mm-hmm. And a lot of really miraculous things happened in Fatima. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the protection of Pope St. John Paul II. The miracle the of the miracle sun. The miracle of the sun. Um, the miracle of the sun is really an astounding event uh, because everyone was gathered. Over, between 30 and 100,000 people had gathered at the site because word got out that these kids were having visions of Mary. And, I mean, you have everyone from, you know, the local people to church figures to atheist newspaper reporters. And there was a, supposed to be a great sight, and the sun danced in the sky in front of 100,000, 30 to 100,000 people. Yeah. I mean, that's like somewhere between a baseball game and a football game all saw this this miracle. That's pretty unprecedented. And, and this is not in you know, 1236. This is 1917. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the words of Our Lady had to do with hell, redemption, with the coming eras of communism, with the, you know, being in the middle of World War One, with an impending war, which would be even worse if, you know, things didn't get better. Uh, it's a very, to me, a very heavy, a very um, dire and a very powerful apparition. The, the urgency of the message. The urgency, that's the word I was yeah, looking for. The, the urgency of this message has had an impact culturally for Catholics in the world. Uh, probably more so than any other apparition. I think so. 
I mean, I, even I in our agree. rosary, we say the Fatima prayer still to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. I know I do. Mm-hmm. You know? I do too. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Amen. What's the deal with the statue? I mean, like, because I know that there were there was a a group of of awesome guys, the Blue Army, I believe. The Blue Army, it's the Our Lady of uh, Fatima Apostolate. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they there was an, another statue there originally, which mm-hmm. has since been replaced. Okay. Okay, they put a new statue there, I think with John Paul. But they take the old statue that was there and tour it around to different churches so okay. people can go pray in their right. local parishes. Yeah. And it's a way to connect a local parish with the site of Fatima. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. And and it's there's even a, a tradition of locally just sending Our Lady of Fatima to the homes of a parish too. A lot of parishes have that devotion nice. to pray f- for vocations as well. Oh, don't they take the statue from mm-hmm. house to house? I've yes. I've heard of that. We're going to be starting it here at, at my cool. parish. That's cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these apparitions are in these very historic European or Central American sites, right? Mm-hmm. That are kind of I guess, centers of traditional Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one place that you don't traditionally think of as maybe a uh, influential Catholic place, even though it's full of great Catholics, is um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right? The only Marian apparition to happen in the United States happened in Wisconsin. Wow. And and you could you could tell, I mean, the... The culture of Catholics from Wisconsin bear a certain charism. Yeah, you know, a very yeah. strong, deep-rooted faith. There's that a shrine I've always to Our Lady re- of Guadalupe. There oh too. yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I haven't been there yet. I, I look. Forward I'd to like going to go there. there too. You know, yeah. I wanted to go, but we were talking about it. But it's you know, Wisconsin in winter is like Cleveland in winter, and I've got enough of that already. <laughs> that. So maybe next summer we can we can head up there. Um, but yeah, only one. It's in Champion, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is you know by Green Bay. So what happened was, um, I'll read it. Adele Brise was born in Belgium in 1831. Together with her parents, she immigrated to Wisconsin in 1855. In early October 1859, Adele reported seeing a woman clothed in white and standing between two trees, a hemlock and a maple. Adele described the woman as surrounded by a bright light clothed in dazzling white with a yellow sash around her waist and a crown of stars above her hair. She was frightened by the vision and prayed until it disappeared. When she told her parents what she had seen, they suggested that a poor soul might be in need of prayers. The following Sunday, which was October 8th, 1859, she saw the apparition a second time while walking to Mass in the community of the Bay Settlement. Her sister and another woman were there at the time, but neither of them saw anything. She asked the parish priest for advice, and he told her that if she saw the apparition again, she should ask it, in the name of God, who are you and what do you wish of me? Returning from Mass the same day, she saw the apparition a third time, and this time asked the question she was given. The lady replied, I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. Mm. Adele was also given a mission to gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. Um, again, you know, appearing to just a nobody in the middle of nowhere, you know, just dazzlingly white queen of heaven saying, pray, mm-hmm. let them know what they need for salvation. And then the graces that flow from that, uh, pretty, pretty cool. You know, that's our uniquely American apparition. And, and prayers for conversion is, is another consistent message from Our Lady and something that we need to employ ourselves. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, if you're if you're a fan of the show and you're with us right now in this in this uh, beautiful transmission of sharing what are apparitions and some of the most popular and and most centralized apparitions for us in America too, uh, which I really appreciate that one from from uh, just outside of Green Bay. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to try to make it up there next. Yeah, summer. I think that'll be really awesome. You know, it's cheaper than going Fatima. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's accessible and, and it's and, all the Mary still. And if we're if we're concerned about you know COVID restrictions and mm-hmm. and things like that and travel. You know, maybe we could look at doing something like that. Yeah, and there's also the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the National Shrine of uh, St. Joseph up there. Mm-hmm. St. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, I mean, that's a nice little trip. Yeah. Maybe we'll put that together. I think we will. If and you're interested in a trip to Wisconsin, which I know I am, and also they got great breweries. Yep. Maybe let us know. Do, yeah, let us know. That yeah. might be a good trip for let us Let us, to us take. know in the comments section below. And, and what you can do today is to join in prayer for conversion of sinners That's right. and, and to pray for our continued uh, reversion to Christ as well as God continues to sanctify us and make us whole and one. Now, we're talking about a potential pilgrimage that we might like to plan, but there's one that is definitely happening that I really want everyone to know about. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, why don't you tell them a little bit about Estovir? Yeah, Estovir, it was a trip that we piloted, uh, Father Rich and myself, uh, just the need for men to get out in the wilderness and experience God's creation and fraternity with one another, uh, have the sacraments, do a lot of exciting things like rafting, hiking, uh, hot springs. Uh, we're adding ATV excursions this year. Um, and so the, the, the trip went so well. I mean, the, the men um, who, who most didn't even know each other, uh, we came together as a band of brothers, and we're still in contact today. Like the experience that we had was, uh, fraternally was so life-giving that a lot of the men went back to their homes and immediately started making changes or taking their families on trips in the summer. Uh, we went to a beautiful place, Pagosa Springs, Colorado. We're going to go back next summer. Uh, we expanded locations. We're going to Bozeman, Montana as well. Awesome. We've also expanded to a female version, mm-hmm. um, Fiat Expeditions. My wife is running that. She uh, has a tattoo of Fiat on her um, wrist. Which that she is got in Jerusalem. Funny. She got in Jerusalem, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, we, we want to build fraternity around around nature, Um and what would you call it with women and fraternity? The, and, the, <laughs> and the whole idea of expedition and, and what is expedition and, and yeah. getting away from the routines of life, yeah. stepping aside and just renewing one's masculinity. And yeah. in, in the women's case, to renew your femininity mm-hmm. so that you're returning home, entering into your vocation with a renewed sense of who yeah. you are so that you can fulfill God's plan in your life. And expedition is such an important thing because we're doing things that are challenging to the yeah. body and requires discipline. Climbing mm-hmm that mountain with other brothers and spending some time in solitude and prayer and silence and, and, and praying the rosary or entering into a deep conversation along the way organically, it really, it, it yeah. leaves something within you that this is what life is about. Life is a pilgrimage. Life is an expedition. And we muster up strength when we actually take some time mm-hmm. away yeah. and, and do that together. You know, you one of the great things yeah. about Estovir is that a lot of men, they go out and hang out with their friends, and they go drink beer, maybe watch a football game, play cards, go golfing, whatever. And when they come home, they're tired. They're not renewed, right? It's a great point. With Estovir, one of the great things is that you get the opportunity to hang around men where they are enlivening you so that you come home more invigorated, more alive, more of a family man. Yeah. And if, when you're, if you're going out with your friends and doing stuff with other dudes that isn't doing that, you're hanging out with the wrong people, yeah. right? Estovir gives you the opportunity to hang around 
and engage with other men in the context of the great outdoors, but then also guided by faith. There's confessions, there's mass, there's great food, there's cigars. And there may be multiple there's, priests there's on the trip, right? too. Yeah, we had three <laughs> priests on the trip. We are, we've reached out to several priests that we know that are just awesome that are mm-hmm. coming on next year's trips. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I'm really, really excited for the people that are going on this. One of the things you mentioned about detachment, which um, you could almost sense the detachment and people like bringing their lives there and that intensity and then just being released of it after like the first day. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, and, and then just kind of relaxing yes. and being themselves. And so you're, you're literally you're, you're running away from all the things. You're not running away, but you're detaching yourself from all the things that you've been ingrained in and you're, you're, you're experiencing life the way it should be. Experience. You know, Christ went out to the wilderness all the time to yeah, pray. To the mountains, yeah, and, and to, and to the desert. desert. It's yeah. so true. And, and it's a thing that men are called to do, and yeah. women, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you're out there and you know of a man or a woman that's in need of this type of yeah. expedition, of breaking away from the normal routines of life, check out estoverexpeditions.com. You'll see the trips for this upcoming summer. And if you know somebody or you may be there right now thinking like this, this may be for me. Check it out. Get in contact with us because this is truly a unique opportunity to grow in your faith with other men, with other women, and really develop a great charism of identity. Yeah, each trip has about 20 20 spots available. They keep them small so that you can really develop a fraternity. Uh, they're going to be happening in June and July of 2022. Yeah. There's going to be three in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and two in Bozeman, Wyoming. Montana. Uh, Montana, Montana, I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Which I think I'm going to the Bozeman one because yeah. I've always wanted to go there. That's beautiful. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, so go check it out. Estovir Expeditions, there's a link below. Yeah. Uh, reserve now because these filled up they yeah, they real they fast. Fill up really fast yeah. It, it mm-hmm. fills up incredibly yeah. quick. It's great for maybe you and your brother, maybe... Oh, and also you can sponsor a priest to yeah, go on these as well. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. important. Uh, we had a priest go on it, and he said in 120 or so retreats he's ever been on, this was by far the best for his priesthood. And he went back and he told his priest friends, and mm-hmm. they're all going next mm-hmm. year. So it, I just I can't emphasize enough the, the yeah. what you take away from this trip is is something that's very life-giving. Again, we're all in contact with mm-hmm. each other. We're all hanging out with each mm-hmm. other now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still involved in each other's faith lives. I was just talking to somebody the other day on the phone for an hour, you know, mm-hmm. because they were going through some stuff. We're going so. out to dinner with one of the guys tonight. That's right. So yeah. check it out, Estovir Expeditions. Now, yeah. let's get back to Marian apparitions, right? Mm-hmm. One of the ones and I'd really love the chance to go to is Knock Ireland, mm-hmm. Our Lady of Knock. And I know that JP2 has went there. And I've, I've been there myself. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, how was it? In- incredible. Like, literally oh. miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy with fourth stage cancer and, and uh, Fred Riodica. And Fred, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Oh. Fred came up at the end of the conclusion of Mass. We celebrated right there where the apparition took place. And he hit his knees and was begging. He, he had a terminal, you know, diagnosis. C4, yeah. And um, this was three priests. This was uh, probably like six years ago, seven, six years ago. And I invited a priest that celebrated with us, this really beautiful old Irish guy that lived locally and Father Tetlow and I. And we laid hands on Fred and I anointed him with the sacred oils from Knock and he was miraculously healed Mm -hmm. and went to several uh, doctors. You know, some of his kids didn't believe it initially. And he's still with us today, thanks be to wow. God. I mean, 
So when you die, does that count as a miracle for you or for Our Lady That's of Our Knock? Lady of Knock. Yeah. Uh, That's all Our Lady of Knock. It's, it, it's so beautiful that you've got to share in That's that. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, oh, truly. It's really awesome. So and, for those who don't know about Our Lady of Knock, I'll mm-hmm. give a brief summation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened in 1879, August 21st. A group of 15 men, women and children included from the ages of 5 to 75, um, they saw an apparition behind their church in Knock, Ireland, which is uh, County Mayo, uh, against the back wall, an altar with a lamb appeared on it, uh, surrounded by a multitude of angels. Off to the side stood in prayer Mary, Joseph, and St. John. Awesome. The beloved. With St. John dressed as a bishop. Love that. <laughs> because Mary was among those who were seen, it counts as a Marian apparition, but this mm-hmm. one's a very unique in all yeah. Marian apparitions, because you have Joseph, you have St. John, and then you have our Lord represent, you know, appearing as a lamb. Um, another thing that's really distinct about it is that there was no message given. Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything. They just appeared in this kind of beautiful vision. And, mm-hmm. man, what an incredible, unique, uh, mystical experience. And I tell you, like the hymn, Lady of Knock. My queen of peace. When you're there, peace, immersive mm, peace. Really? Beautiful place, man. And that looks like it was around the same time as a lot of these other ones, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world is going through such yeah, a tumultuous... 19th century. 19th century. awful. You know, the, the um, Industrial Revolution, the post-Enlightenment, the post-Napoleonic era... Um, wars, the breaking up of the Holy Roman Empire, the the fall of the Papal States. I mean, so much happened. It was yeah. incredibly tumultuous, and it led to the conditions of the 20th century, which we had the Great Wars, which yeah. killed hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. So I think Our Lady was really trying, trying to work to over in front of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Knock is another place I'd love to go. I would love for us to go on a pilgrimage to Ireland, go to slain go to the sites of saint patrick i did i did up in the footsteps of saint patrick yeah. and we we climbed up crow patrick which was the mountain, the mountain yeah. that yeah. that uh saint patrick climbed up and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and drove out the serpents yeah. from uh from ireland wow. yeah, yeah but then seeing the some demons of the, seeing some of the monasteries the, mon- the oh, yeah. monasteries clon uh, mcnoise yeah go to saint patrick's purgatory mm-hmm. go and see our lady of knock or knock shrine i was bummed i didn't go to to saint patrick's purgatory that's the island where you go and you fast for like 72 straight hours. Oh, yeah. That's it's the hardest pilgrimage in the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've heard about mm-hmm. that. That would be a good one. Any other? So, again, there's so many Marian apparitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to give a shout out since I, I mentioned the miraculous medal. Yes. Rue du Bac in Paris. If you're ever flying into Paris, take some time out of your day, head over to Rue du Bac. It, you can miss the chapel, but you know you've got an incorruptible saint and 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 Saint Catherine Labaret and one of the greatest apparitions that have happened in the history of the church, also 19th century, and and um, you know the the sense of what the miraculous medal has meant to the universal church as a devotion is is pretty so immense. This was an image that was given to Saint Catherine of Labaret, and she. They moved it into mm-hmm. a medal. Was was well? That was was, a, that was her charge. Yeah, was she was to make that. And you see so many people. I love watching the Olympics. You'll see so many people. They win the race and yeah. they pull out their miraculous mm-hmm. medal. Yeah. It's a really great worldwide devotion. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a miraculous medal, go and get one. And she implores us, like, receive the fullness of my graces. Like, ask for graces. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, right around the corner is St. Vincent de Paul as well, another incorruptible saint. Yeah, and uh, well, that apparition happened on the on the eve of the feast of St. Vincent de Paul. That's just amazing. Um, all walking distance. Yeah, John Paul II had a big devotion to the mm-hmm. miraculous medal. I mean, even if you look at his papal coat of arms. There's a modified version of the the reverse side of the medal on his papal coat of arms, and I think that goes back to also his devotion to St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was a big proponent of the miraculous mm-hmm. medal. So, I mean, it's like endorsed the by the church, mm-hmm. given by Mary to a saint, endorsed by saints. I mean, this is like triple, just triple yeah. seal of, uh, you know, endorsement and, and, here. And the identity of Mary as immaculately conceived, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the importance of what, uh, you know, this this apparition to St. Catherine Labouret with the Miraculous Medal, and then also in Lourdes, France with Our Lady of Lourdes, mm-hmm. as it relates to the Immaculata, which was definitely taken up by Maximilian Kolbe yeah. and then lived out in the pontificate of John Paul II so perfectly, his yeah. totus tuus. Yeah, and, and again, we'll put a list of all the Marian apparitions. Go read about them. I mean, we could spend hours and hours talking about these. But we um, also want to hear from you yeah. and what your favorite apparitions are. And, you know, again, private revelation. You know, private revelation is something that you not don't necessarily have to live out, yeah. you know, and that's an important feature of this. It is. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of Marian shrines around your house. You might not be able to get the France or Lourdes or mm-hmm. Mexico or... You know, Our Lady of Akita, which we didn't get a chance to mention, which we should have. Um, and there's so many more. Mm-hmm. Um, but find it, find one of these local shrines by your house. And, you know, I know there's a, a Lord shrine by my house. I, Ryan, you went there with me. I went me. there, yeah. Our Lady of La Leche, St. Augustine, yeah, about yeah. to be crowned by the Vatican. Those, are, those, those centers are great for establishing mm-hmm. some peace in your life. Great place to pray the rosary. Great place to meditate, pray. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to just be quiet. So really, go check those out. Um, and it's a place that, you know, you can really get, you know, free, you know, from mm-hmm. a lot of the things that are worrying you. Um, but you know what else is free? Hallow. Number one Catholic app, baby. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. H-A-L-L-O dubs. Mm. Pull out your phones right now. Let's do it. Okay, we're doing a fidelity test. Do we all have hollow on our phone? Catholic talk show. Do we just promote stuff? No. Or do we actually use stuff? And hallow. And it pulls up my right favorite there. stuff, too. Incredible. Like I, it pulls uh-huh. up whatever I like the best first. Look at that. There you go. <laughs> Father Rich, if you ever die, would you donate your eyes to Father Mike Schmitz? Poor Father Hollow? Mike Schmitz doesn't have any eyes. I know. Uh, I'll uh, donate uh, my uh, eyes, I suppose. That's right. Hollow is the number one Catholic app for a reason. It has so many features. It has daily readings, daily rosary, novenas, chant, night prayer, Bible stories written, you know, read to you by, you know, uh, Jonathan Rumi. Uh, there's music on there. There's journaling. Bible there's year with Mike Novenas. Father, the Reverend Mike Schmidt. It's amazing. There's uh, Disney Bishop actor, Barron. Disney actor, child Disney actor David Henry is even on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it continues to grow, and there's no Catholic right there. app like right. it. It's why it's number one. It's continuing to run the race of good works in the church and providing a great platform for developing a prayerful life, day mm-hmm. in and day out. We love partnering with Hallow. We appreciate their support, and we're very happy to support them. That's right. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Hallow, you can try it out for free today. Now, I also want to give a big shout out to our patrons. Uh, you guys are just incredible. We have the best supporters in the world. You send us so many great comments. We love reading them. Yeah. Your financial support allows us to continue doing this. 
Um, I feel supported in my priesthood by them too, because sometimes we get some nasty comments every we now do. and then. We do. But our patrons take care. Take yeah. care. They, of do. Us. they cover a multitude they of YouTube do. comments. <laughs> they, you, guys, you guys make us feel good about doing this and give yeah, us so the thank you. energy thank to you. keep going on. And your support's incredibly helpful. We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't right. have. Howard sitting in the corner doing nothing without you. We couldn't have the studio that's incredibly hot because the heat yeah, is on the in the middle of the... The heat is on. You know, it's 90 degrees up, but the heat's on. Um, we wouldn't have these great cameras, though, that, you know, the cameras are good. So we really appreciate Thank that. Thank goodness they make us look better than that's we really right. are. But we love sending out the gifts to you that you get in exchange for being a patron. So go catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. You can see ways to support this humble, meager, and... Oftentimes idiotic, if I'm being frank, ministry that we have. <laughs> yeah. And totally it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's really a lot of fun. We want to send you that gear. So check it out, catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. Thank you for joining us for today. You know, we've been honoring Our Lady, so I think it would be appropriate to finish with a Hail Mary together. So let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now, now and at, at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Our Lady, Lady of Guadalupe, pray, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray, pray for us. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us. Our Lady of Knock, pray for us. Queen of Peace, pray for us. May God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Amen.